What's up, world? I'm Cameron McKinney, and this is Pop Culture Spotlight, a podcast about the movies Weird, the Al Yankovic story, and Causeway. First, let's talk about Weird, the Al Yankovic story. Here's a quick synopsis. The film is a fictional depiction of the life of musician Weird Al, the master of song parodies. The film stars Daniel Radcliffe, Evan Rachel Wood, Rain Wilson, Toby Huss, and Julianne Nicholson. Standout performances. If you haven't been following Daniel Radcliffe's career post the Harry Potter film's ending, then you may be surprised he's in a movie playing Weird Al. But if you have, you know he's been making some bold choices lately in the projects he's picked. He's played a dead corpse in The Swiss Army Man, the first film directed by the Daniels who went on to make everything everywhere all at once. In the movie Imperium, Radcliffe plays an FBI agent who infiltrates a group of white supremacists. I also really liked him in the romantic comedy The F Word with Zoe Kazan, Mackenzie Davis, and Adam Driver. And if you question the fact that he can lead a comedy, Comedy, watch Radcliffe in the three seasons of the TBS anthology comedy series Miracle Workers. He's hilarious on the show. In three seasons, he's played an angel trying to answer a prayer, a dim-witted prince, and a reverend. He's very good and weird. He is able to fit within the odd tone of the movie. This isn't the first time Radcliffe has played a prominent real-life person. In 2013, he played renowned poet Allen Ginsberg in Kill Your Darling alongside Dane DeHaan. 2022 has definitely been the best year of his career as an actor. Radcliffe was great as the villain in The Lost City with Channing Tatum and Sandra Bullock, and for me, he lived up to my expectations playing Weird Al. I'm not sure if he'll ever be known for more than just being Harry Potter by mainstream audiences, but I've taken notice, and I'm impressed by his recent work. Also in the movie is actress Evan Rachel Wood playing another famous musician Madonna and let's just say the relationship between Weird Al and Madonna is extremely altered than what happened in real life. Rachel Wood recently has been known for her work on the HBO sci-fi series Westworld which has just been surprisingly cancelled right before it's planned fifth and final season but before that she appeared in some extremely emotional films the first one being Catherine Hardwick's 13. This is the breakout role where she played a teen who always follows the rules until she gets a new best friend played by Nikki Reed who also co-wrote the movie and it's an understatement to say the two go wild. Her mother was brilliantly played by Holly Hunter. In 2008 she played Mickey Rourke's daughter in Darren Aronofsky's The Wrestler. There's an incredibly heartbreaking scene where she tells him she never wants to to see him again. 2011, Rachel Wood was in George Clooney's Ides of March with Ryan Gosling, where she is playing an intern who had a secret affair with a governor running for president played by Clooney. And in 2020, she starred in the movie Kajillionaire with Deborah Winger, Richard Jenkins, and Gina Rodriguez, where she plays a misguided young woman who steals things with her parents. I mention all of her serious roles to put into context how different this kind of movie is for her. 
Rachel Wood usually doesn't show up in a silly comedy. I was anticipating her performance more than Radcliffe's. I think she's one of the best actresses working today, and her Madonna is a lot of fun. I don't want to reveal too much, but she's the villain of the movie. My one complaint, I wanted her to sing a Madonna song. Once you watch Weird, you understand that like the songs that made Weird Al famous, this movie is a parody of other musical biopics. It's clearly making fun of well-known tropes like the disappointed father figure, substance issues, and what happens when you gain a big head during success. And I found the first half of the movie to be super effective. It was funny, it was odd, and it was whimsical. But by the second half, you just kind of wanted it to end. It's a movie that couldn't sustain its tone all the way through. Once you've seen the first half hour, you've basically seen the entire film. You almost become numb to the absurdity of the movie. It's the exact same way I felt about that Nicolas Cage movie, The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent. I like the premise of that movie. I like the premise of this movie making fun of other musical biopics, but you have to be more than a premise to be a really good movie. One of the things that interested me about the movie was the involvement of Weird Al himself, who is a co-writer on the movie. This is just an opinion I have, but I think to make the best movie about a real person, that person needs to be somewhat distant from the project. Now, in this case, it probably doesn't matter because almost none of what happened in the movie is real. But if this were a movie about his actual life, I think it would be a bigger problem. And to go full circle, Madonna herself is making a biopic on her life and is directing the movie. One might think she's going to put herself in the best light possible. Julia Garner from Ozarks and Inventing Anna is set to play the iconic pop star. That's going to be a very interesting movie. Getting back to Weird, I do wonder if the fact that I think Weird is only good, not great, is because I don't have that big of a relationship with Weird Al's music. I, of course, know songs like White and Nerdy, but I've never regularly listened to him. I also saw him on the talk show Comedy Bang Bang. I'm almost positive diehard Weird Al fans will like this movie a lot more than I did. I do want to talk about musical biopics in general. I understand some music biopics are too straightforward, but there are some really good ones that go for it. I have said this numerous times on this podcast, but Walk the Line is a brilliant movie about Johnny Cash. Rocket Man about Elton John was really unique. I loved Austin Butler and Elvis. The ones that annoy me are the ones that are just the greatest hits of someone's life. Along with the Madonna movie, there are some big ones on the way. You have the Whitney Houston movie, I Want to Dance with Somebody, starring Naomi Ackie. The one I'm most interested in is the upcoming Bob Dylan movie, starring Timothy Chalamet, directed by James Mangold, who directed Walk the Line. I have a feeling that Timothy Chalamet is going to sing Bob Dylan songs in the movie. Mangold had both Joaquin Phoenix and Reese Witherspoon sing and walk the line. I expect to see Timothy Chalamet sing. I think that was one of my bigger disappointments with the Weird Al movie was Daniel Radcliffe did not sing the songs. I get it. We want to hear Weird Al sing, but I think the point of music biopics is to see the actor sing, and there have been good examples of movies where the actor doesn't sing. Bohemian Rhapsody is a very good movie despite the fact that Rami Malek does not sing the songs, and Daniel Radcliffe is very good in this movie, but for at least one song, I would have loved to see him attempt to sing Weird Al. It's not like Weird Al is a great singer. I just don't understand 
understand why Daniel Radcliffe didn't sing the songs. How this movie was released is also super interesting. This is one of the first movies to be made by Roku. Now most of us know Roku as a device and I'm wondering if this movie is going to become so niche like a Weird Al song because most people do not know this movie came out because it didn't show up in movie theaters and it didn't show up on well-known streaming services like Netflix, Hulu, or HBO Max. And I'm not sure that Daniel Radcliffe is an A-lister and if he's not an A-lister, this movie really does not have an A-list star. I really like Evan Rachel Wood, but I don't think she's super famous outside of Westworld or outside of those movies. I don't think she's a movie star. This movie kind of lacks a movie star. I think Daniel Radcliffe has movie star potential, but really the only thing on his resume that says he's one is Harry Potter, and I don't think Harry Potter fans are going to watch Weird, the Al Yankovic movie. Maybe I'm wrong about that one. And the other thing is, I'm not sure how many people are interested in a Weird Al movie in general. To put it lightly, we're not living in the height of his fame. Overall, Weird, the Al Yankovic story is a fun movie that I wish was more than one beat and had a better ending. Radcliffe and Rachel Wood are both very good. I'm perfectly okay with the insanity of this movie. I just wish there was a more clear narrative, and I also left the movie asking myself, would a straightforward movie about the life of Weird Al be so bad? Like, I really don't understand why this guy is all that famous. I don't really understand why people like the song parodies. I'm kind of interested in that as someone who did not grow up during the height of the Weird Al era. Like, I just just don't understand why this guy is all that famous. So a movie explaining that kind of would have been nice. I think there is a way that they could have parodied other musical biopics while also telling the honest and true story of Weird Al Yankovic. I think there's a cool in-between that this movie could have pulled off, but instead it went full-on parody and full-on insanity, which is fun, but kind of feels hollow by the end of it. After watching it, I kind of looked up to see what was real and what was fake and most of it is fake. He made up the fact that he had arguments with his father. He made up the fact that he had a drinking issue. Almost none of this movie is about the real weird Al Yankovic. And a real movie about him would have been interesting. I mean, think about it. How many people on earth have become famous by doing song parodies? The list is not that big. A movie about that guy would have been interesting and you could also still make it weird. Now let's switch gears and talk about the movie Causeway. Here's a quick synopsis. Lindsay is back home after a tour in Afghanistan where she sustained a serious brain injury. While trying to re-engage with society, she befriends James, a car mechanic, and the two bond over their past. The film stars Jennifer Lawrence, Brian Tyree Henry, Jane Hoodyshell, Stephen McKinley, and Linda Emmond. Standout performances. While I believe the Jennifer Lawrence comeback narrative is far overblown. I do believe she is evolving as an actress. In her earlier roles in Silver Linings Playbook and American Hustle, Lawrence was playing boisterous, loud characters. They were showy parts with tons of dialogue. In this movie, she's being way more subtle while also being just as interesting. I think her performance in Darren Aronofsky's Mother was so polarizing because she was doing something different than what people were using used to. They were used to her being loud and taking over a movie entirely. What we are seeing is a great movie star becoming a great actress. She's now able to play a character like Lindsay
frenzy and convey complicated emotions without being as demonstrative as she's been in past movies. There is some talk of Jennifer Lawrence getting an Oscar nomination for this performance. She's a four-time nominee with one win. I wouldn't be shocked if they ignore this performance. I think she's great in the movie, but the Oscars ignore subtle acting performances, although they did nominate her for Winter's Bone. Lawrence has recently stated in interviews that she's done being in big blockbusters. The actress, of course, played Katniss Everdeen in the Hunger Games movies and Mystique in the X-Men First Class films. These last two projects, Adam McKay's Don't Look Up and Causeway, are indicative of the kind of movies she's going to be in from now on, and that's a good thing because I loved her in both. She was really funny in Don't Look Up and did her best dramatic work in Causeway. Reading some of these interviews, Lawrence is being so honest about her past failures. I mean, she's talking about movies like Passengers that really didn't work out for her and how that was a failure, and how her agents kept scripts from her from really good directors. It seems like that's the place she's in as an actress. She wants to be in really good movies, she wants to be in more indie projects, and she wants to work with excellent filmmakers. Jennifer Lawrence will next star in the comedy No Hard Feelings with Andrew Barth Feldman, Eben Moss Bacharach, Natalie Morales, Matthew Broderick, Hassan Minaj, and Kyle Mooney. Lawrence's co-star in Causeway is Brian Tyree Henry, who is having the best year of his career in 2022. Him, along with Aaron Taylor Johnson, were the best part about the action comedy Bullet Train. He's once again crushing it on the fourth and final season of Atlanta, where he plays the rapper known as Paperboy. This guy has never even come close to being bad in anything. I've seen him in. I think the Marvel movie Eternals let him down. In Causeway, he's able to play someone who is a lot of fun, but is also clearly in emotional pain. Henry should have been Oscar nominated for Barry Jenkins's If Beale Street Could Talk, and it would again be absolutely criminal if this performance in Causeway is ignored. I don't like to use these kind of vague terms, but he's soulful in this movie. I think at the same time he's a super well-known actor, he's also super underrated. Like, I don't think we've yet seen the best out of him, and he's already been so good in so many things. And what's interesting about this movie Causeway is people will be rediscovering Jennifer Lawrence, and some people will also be discovering Brian Tyree Henry for the first time. I think the best thing about this movie is him and Lawrence can convey so many emotions without saying words, and it's the same thing if you watch him play Alfred in Atlanta. He barely talks, but yet you can see everything he's thinking about in that moment. That is a rare ability of a performer. Usually in modern time, it's all about the dialogue. Everyone wants to be in an Aaron Sorkin movie. Everybody wants to have great dialogue. This guy is a great actor, and he doesn't need dialogue to be one. There's a crucial argument scene in this movie that in the hands of other actors would have gone in a completely different direction. Some performers would have been over the top and used it to have some great moment, but Lawrence and Tyree Henry in that moment remain calm while having that argument. That argument is not cinematic. It feels real. It feels honest. It feels like an argument that people have in real life. They didn't turn that moment into a quote Oscar winning moment like a lot of actors would. Like that scene there are a lot of people that their voices would have gotten a lot louder and they would have just gone for it and then they would have received awards for doing it. No. 
These actors stick to the tone of the movie. They do not change. They stay calm. They are subtle performances. And again, I hope these subtle performances get nominated at the Oscars because it doesn't all have to be the super showy performances that get awards. Tyree Henry has some big projects on the way. He's going to be in Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, the sequel to the beloved Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, the animated film The Magician's Elephant with Noah Jupe, Mandy Patinkin, and Benedict Wong, Godzilla vs. Kong 2 with Alexander Skarsgård, and the TV series Sinking Spring with Michael Mando and Marin Ireland. I really hope this guy continues to blow up. I'm a little cautious about the amount of blockbusters he's in. I don't love the Kong vs. Godzilla movie, and I don't love the fact that he's probably going to be in the Marvel movies for the next five years as part of the Eternals. I don't love those choices. I want better for him, but as long as he continues to make movies like Causeway, then I'm okay with it. But what a year for this guy. I mean, he shared the screen with Brad Pitt and Jennifer Lawrence, two of the biggest movie stars on planet Earth, and was able to hold his own. What's rare about Causeway is the protagonist is a woman dealing with PTSD type symptoms. Movies that deal with that are usually about men Famous examples being Taxi Driver, The Deer Hunter, and Born of the Fourth of July. This is a welcomed addition to those type of movies. And this isn't just about that. It's also about how these two characters, played by Lawrence and Tyree Henry, can't escape their past. I have to talk about that argument scene again because I thought it was the best scene of the movie. And that movie conveys what I'm talking about. Because in that moment, Lawrence and Tyree Henry's characters are arguing about the fact that they are hiding key details about their lives between one another, that they're not being fully honest about their past. They are hiding details. And I thought that was such a human moment because, of course, we're not going to share our entire past with someone we just met, especially if it's something that we're still so vulnerable about. The other thing I loved about that moment is it's so hard to tell someone about your life because you don't want to relive it, so you change the details about it. You leave out a key detail because it's hard to be exact with someone you've just met. It's so hard to tell the honest truth about what's happened during your life, no matter if you're hiding something big or something small. A lot of people are able to move on from their past, but people like in this movie aren't, and to share those details with someone else is hard to do. Not only is Lawrence's character Lindsay hiding some of her past from Tyree Henry, she's also hiding from her doctor how she's doing. She is not ready to go back to Afghanistan and serve. She's not ready. She's not prepared, but she's willing to do anything to avoid her past life. She wants to get back to normal as soon as possible. Overall, Causeway is a great acting showcase for Jennifer Lawrence and Brian Tyree Henry. It's a quiet film with a lot to say. It's also calming, cathartic, and super relatable. It's a somber movie at times with a really hopeful ending. Thanks for listening to this edition of Pop Culture Spotlight. I'm Cameron McKinney, and there'll be a new episode of the podcast every Thursday on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And I highly recommend you watch the movies Causeway and Weird, the Al Yankovic movie. I also want to mention this. This Friday, there will be a second episode of this podcast this week, looking back at the career of one of the best leading men of all time. That's Al Pacino. That is this Friday, where I will look back at the 
incredible career of Oscar-winning actor Al Pacino. We will go through his filmography and talk about my favorite movies he has been in. So don't miss that. That's this Friday. So tune into that and please rate, review, and subscribe. <laughs>